Revelation 19. After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, crying out. Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just, for He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality, and has avenged on her the blood of His servants. Once more they cried out. Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen. Hallelujah! And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you His servants, you who fear Him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out. Hallelujah! For the Lord our God the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready, it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. Revelation 20 Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and shut it and sealed it over him, so that he might not deceive the nations any longer, until the thousand years were ended. After that he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the Word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with Him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle their number is like the sand of the sea. 
and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, but fire came down from heaven and consumed them, and the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. We need to recall the beginning of chapter 15 as we look at this next vision given to John. In 15-1, we read. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. Dash. It is as the seven angels with the seven plagues pour out their contents upon the earth that the wrath of God is finished. We need to remember as well that this series of visions is not sequential. John is being shown a number of visions that are often repetitious and from a number of perspectives. As the seven plagues are poured out upon the earth, the inhabitants of heaven respond with praise and the worship of God, for His righteous judgment and His vengeance against those who oppressed and killed the faithful. A great number of voices cry out in praise of God, like the roaring of many waters. The twenty-four elders and the four creatures fall down before God and worship Him. It is in this that we see that all of creation is acknowledging the great work that God has done through Jesus Christ in redeeming fallen creation. The glorious consummation that follows is metaphorically described as a marriage supper. True to form, God still sees His people as His bride and the final step in the great work that He has done in redeeming them is a grand and glorious celebration. The use of this metaphor shows us that this is a time of completion which calls for celebration. Thinking of the way a relationship develops, the man and woman initially meet, they court, they get to know one another, love eventually follows and the man proposes. The woman may first say no, then yes and then no again and then finally yes. Then there is a great amount of work to do to make this marriage a reality. And when the work is done, there is a glorious and beautiful celebration. In all of this we are seeing the idea of completion. John is then given another vision. This one is a very high-level summary of everything that has taken place. Looking back to chapters 6 through 19, we see many of the same references. We see the heavens opened, we see one who is faithful and true riding on a white horse. He is beautifully clothed. There are references to a crown with diadems, a robe dipped in blood, a sword coming from his mouth, the treading upon a winepress and the destruction of enemies. The last section of chapter 19 is summarizing for us everything that has taken place thus far. The good and righteous Lamb who takes away the sins of the world has defeated his enemies and thrown them into the lake of fire. Again, we must remember that this is a vision that is communicating metaphorically of the great suffering one who is evil will undergo as he is in the presence of the holiness of God. The extreme nature of the suffering of the beast and false prophet originate in the complete and utter depravity of their natures. The more evil a being is, the worse his suffering will be. Just as the darkness of something is that much more stark when compared to something of purest white. Now that the wrath of God has finished in its closing out of the Old Covenant, we see the righteous judge turn his attention to the devil, Satan, the ancient serpent. There are some very curious and important points to recognize here. When Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, it is then that he obtained the keys to death and hell. When this angel descends from heaven, he is holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit. 
he seizes the devil and binds him for 1,000 years. The number 1,000 is representative of a time of completion. As this is a vision, we should not read this number in any literal sense. The devil is confined until the time has passed for God to complete his work of restoring mankind and fulfilling the old covenant. It is here that we read that those on the thrones were given the authority to judge. All of those who had been martyred because of their faithfulness to God and those who had not taken the mark of the beast are there as well. We see these come to life and begin their reign with Christ. This event should remind us of two things. First, at the crucifixion, an earthquake occurred and the righteous were brought back to life. Second, during Jesus' three days in the tomb, He ascended into the grave and rescued all those who were being held by death. John identifies this as the first resurrection. When this time period is complete, the devil is released and allowed to come out and once again deceive the nations. We could look at this as a second chance for the devil. But true to form, he continues his war against mankind and only seeks to deceive and destroy. In his attempt to further destroy, he is consumed by fire from heaven and is thrown into the lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet. It is here that they will remain for eternity, their comprehensive wickedness a stark contrast to the holiness of God. As this chapter ends, all wickedness has been defeated and we are shown one last vision. One detail to point out here is the description of the one seated on the throne. The first response would be to think of this as God the Father but the description of Him is that He is seated on a white throne. This should remind us of what we have seen earlier as God the Son is coming on the, white, clouds and is seated on a white horse. We have every reason to believe that this is Jesus Christ seated on the throne of judgment. There is a very important time reference to see here. Seven different times, John uses the phrase I saw, pointing to a completion of judgment. At this point in the book, everything is finished and the final judgment is taking place. A very, very important point is vital to recognize here. In verse 12 we read. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. The judgment that is taking place here is not a judgment of condemnation but of assessment. All of the dead are being judged on the basis of their works. This is not about who is saved and who is not. This is a judgment of what people did or did not do in their lifetimes. The comprehensive picture of all creation is shown here. This is all of the dead. Everyone is standing before this great throne, which shows us that this is taking place at the end of history. Death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. Being identified as the second death, shows us that death and Hades are actually being destroyed. We see here that there will never again be death or the grave. The last verse of this chapter is terribly misunderstood. In 2015 we read, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Remembering that the image fire as it is used in this book is about the torment the wicked will experience as they are in the presence of the holiness of God. This is not an image of horrible tortures that God will inflict on the wicked. Remembering that all men have been redeemed by the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, it is now the case that men are now responsible to seek after holiness, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to turn away from evil, being part of the Church and using the tools that the Church has given to grow in holiness. Those who choose not to pursue holiness will find the holiness of God as a torment and unbearable. It is they who will live, as if in a lake of fire, suffering because of their own willful neglect and freely chosen selfishness. This chapter ends with a small picture of the end of all history. All of creation, including the fallen angels, the beast, the false prophet and the devil, all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and are judged for what they have done and what they have not done. Salvation has already been accomplished. It is now that the works done by men are judged to reveal their final eternal state.